0: Hello! This is Bridget Flaherty, your investigative reporter of 2021, with my best friend, Molly McBreen. Hi, guys. And this is the newest edition of Sex with Ghosts. Newish. It's very new. It's very new because we're doing a switcheroo! It's
1: very exciting. We're chaining it up because we like to do that around here. Yeah, we do. Keeping you on your toes. Keeping it spontaneous uh expect some more guests in the future episodes as well. So, lots to look forward to here. Heck, yeah.
0: We have a I have picked a topic and Molly doesn't
1: know what it is. It's true. It could be anything. And I and I have a feeling Bridget's going to do a great job. God bless you. You're so kind. Should we check in? What do you have going on? Sure. So we're recording this before I'm going to my Toastmasters meeting, which I recently joined. It's a very exciting little uh, situation. I'm going to improve my public speaking, and hopefully it pays dividends for the podcast. Which is nuts, because I feel like you are
0: already so articulate and eloquent on the podcast.
1: I appreciate that. One thing I noticed in myself is that I use so a lot to start my sentences, and that is a no-no in Toastmasters. So I will be trying to fix that.
0: (laughs) Is that Midwestern, you think?
1: No, but it just feels so natural that it's very difficult to change. Because when I'm writing,
0: I'll write so Mm -hmm, a lot. And also, I do also a lot.
1: Yes, I do as well. I also start sentences with but, which I think that's more of a grammar thing rather than a speaking thing.
0: I have been known to do the, well, actually. (laughs) It's in the zeitgeist, baby. It is. It's true. So today's topic is going to be Deutsche Bank. All right.
1: I don't know anything about Deutsche Bank.
0: That seems crazy to me because you are a certified accountant. So like that's never come up in your theoretical financial studies.
1: Well, it's it's also weird because we do a lot of ethics, continuing education and all that. In my regular classes at school, we did a lot of researching of you know, fraud cases from the past. So I am kind of surprised that it hasn't come up, but I knew it was on the list clearly since it was a Bridget interest. that it must be kind of crazy, but, but yeah, for whatever reason, maybe it's just too close. Maybe it's just too close to home and there hasn't really been any like conclusions to the story. Is that true? So the thing about the Deutsche Bank, which
0: I had not heard of until this past pandemic year. So prior to the pandemic, if you said something about Deutsche Bank, it would not stick in my brain. It'd be like, oh, you're talking about banks. I will now take a nap. But in this pandemic world, I have heard Deutsche Bank come up a lot, and especially lately because they're in the news right now. Deutsche Bank has been the bank that funds Trump. It's the bank that Funded
1: Epstein. Right. Okay. I have heard that part. And I'm sure you're going to get into this, but just the basic question is, it is a German bank, yes? That is correct. Okay.
0: The thing about this bank is they don't want you to know about them,
1: unless you have lots of money. That's definitely sketchy, because why why would that be the case? Well... I will get
0: into all that. And for those of you who already are very familiar with Deutsche Bank, this episode may seem like toddlersville because we're going to go over the history of Deutsche Bank. But there's also a mysterious side that involves a lot of debts, which will probably happen in a part two episode.
1: That's exciting and kind of frightening. But I, yes, I will need the basic information about this because, I mean, I guess I know about, you know, we talk a lot about in in accounting classes, Ireland has some pretty lax laws, uh, the the Caribbean islands and such. But, I mean, I would think that Germany was pretty well regulated.
0: And they are, but within that, being that, and I'll I'll get into this in the history of the bank, but being that it's like Germany's number one bank, that gives them so much power.
1: Okay, I guess that makes a little bit more sense. So I'll get into it. Deutsche Bank
0: was making, it has been making itself a global bank. So you're right, it started in Germany. As it's, when it started becoming more of a global bank, Americans actually called it Douchebank. Oh, no. Because it's spelled D-E-U-T-S-C-H-E. So part of their, their global branding, when they're trying to work with Americans and English speakers, they do emphasize the pronunciation, which is Deutsche.
1: That's good, and it kind of makes me sad for Americans, but, yeah. Oh.
0: Well, until you explore the history, and then you're like, they should be
1: called Douchebank.
0: Oh, dang. Okay, okay. Full of zingers, babe. So it's a it is a German multinational investment bank and financial services company bank, and it's headquartered in Frankfurt, Germany. Okay, it is considered a universal bank, meaning it does many bank services, commercial and investment. Okay, now it was fo- founded in eighteen seventy in Berlin. Uh, prior to its establishment, Germany did a lot of its commercial banking through France and England, which was often discounted, meaning that since these countries at this time, so this is pre-World War One, Germany was already kind of like the ugly stepsister. Oh,
1: That is unfortunate, but I mean, it does make sense because that is kind of what, that's much, much later, but that's what Hitler was preying on as well, right?
0: Yeah, well, and Hitler's thing was... A big part of his propaganda and his war machine was trying to make reparations for Germany by going to war again. Right. German merchants doing banking with France and England, a lot of times because these countries did not like working with Germans, wouldn't honor the exchange rate correctly. And so that's what I mean by like discounting. They're not like giving the currency what it's worth.
1: That's not good, and I can see why they would need to form their own bank, right? Exactly.
0: In that regard, you think, makes sense, sounds like great people. However, the bank has an incredibly horrendous past of being on the wrong
1: side of history. Oh, no. Wait, question. So it wasn't, was it ever part of the German government, or was it always like a private enterprise, do you know?
0: I believe it's always been a private okay. enterprise. I don't believe it's necessarily been like in a socialist way regulated by the government. Gotcha. And honestly, maybe probably Russian banks are regulated definitely by the government. Yeah, sure. Yep. But like Russia's already really corrupt. And that's kind of a thing too is like when people talk about socialism and Hitler, like Hitler wasn't a socialist, right? He was right, just using right. socialist, he did use socialist like propaganda to, but with populism beliefs. Does that make sense? I believe so, yes. In 2016, the bank on record was involved in more than 7,800 legal disputes and a calculated 5.4 billion euros. So that's about 6.5 billion in American dollars as litigation reserves. So that's like money that's calculated that they're going to have to pay in lawyer fees and fines, so to speak. Sure. And if I'm wrong about the litigation reserves or there's more specific details, please feel free to email me. They also have $2.2 billion dollars euros, sorry, which is $2.6 billion in American dollars held against other contingent liabilities. So let's take a look, see at what kind of history these guys have. They were involved in the Aryanization of Germany when Hitler took power. They helped confiscate 363 businesses from Jewish business owners. And in 1999, it was revealed that it also loaned funds to the German government to allow it to build the Auschwitz concentration
1: oh, camp. Oh my goodness. How do you do that as a bank? Do you just I mean, I guess they probably made up some sort of laws, right? But god, that is horrifying.
0: Well, and it's also if that's a government in power, that's what's going to benefit the bank.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't even necessarily that they agreed, but they want the power and the mo- the money.
0: It's kind of like now where, and maybe this is a, a big leap, but it's kind of like now where, say, like this recent election, Facebook started actually censoring misinformation and Twitter mm-hmm. started censoring mm-hmm. misinformation. And there's speculation that part of the reason that they're being so um, cooperative in that regard is because the predicted new government is oh. the Democrats' And who's going to be on the chopping block, you know, in the next four years for antitrust law? It's going to be these Silicon guys, right? So you got to make good so you don't end up in the bad. Not that I'm justifying uh, the horrendous actions of, of course, promoting
1: the Aryan uh, ideology. But it was probably a financial decision. Yes,
0: yes. And I know, I can't remember the number of people. But they did fire jewish employees or like maybe it was jewish board members and they kicked them off like they were very much like too a cooperative with the german cover
1: sure yeah which they didn't have to be they just chose exactly kind of like you're gonna get us
0: how much money <laughs> well so post-world war ii the allies made the bank break up into smaller regional banks however Over time, as the Allies have relinquished control over Germany, the banks came back together and they have reformed Deutsche Bank.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I've never heard of that happening before, but I guess it does make sense.
0: I mean, there must be definitely some involvement where people who are running those regional banks were probably former...
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Deutsche employees. So to like remerge or have that sort of power to do that means like people didn't lose their jobs just
1: because the bank broke up. I I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I am uh kind of disappointed Germany. I mean, yeah, it's it's
0: weird because it shouldn't be a, necessarily a reflection of the people or the oh, nation for that yes, bank yes. to remerge. Right. I mean, look at American companies.
1: I know it's true. I can't fault the German people, but it is sad that there isn't stronger laws about that. Anyway, because I mean, like in America.
0: Well, and I, I'm sure. Uh, and as we'll learn with the mysterious deaths, <laughs> and the the continued history here, they probably made sure those laws were made to benefit them.
1: You're probably right. It's just so disappointing. I have been an idealist my entire life and just, you know, I get older and I hear these stories and I get more and more cynical or whatever, but I still, like, have this idea that, like, everyone wants the best. No, they don't. They don't. anyway.
0: (sighs) And I I think a lot of that goes down to, like, our social structures, right? So depending on education, what's available to people, places like banks kind of go by undetected they they're either serving you they're either servicing you or they're not and the effect of the larger picture to most of us is not as clear but we'll we'll get into this
1: sure i this might be too much of a tangent but i just wanted to bring it up like i'm not sure why though like i feel like regional banks and such are better equipped to service their clientele because I just don't understand why you would want a centralized bank. Like, I personally like to bank with a local community bank, but I mean, maybe, I don't know, that's just me. I think me you're or something. right.
0: I think, I think you're exactly right. Like, people, people talk about this is the myth of like the mom and pop stands, right? Like, you talk to Americans and we act like, Everyone could be an entrepreneur. Anyone can make a million dollars tomorrow. That's the beauty of this country. And all you have to do is like start your own business. And the problem is people get greedy. So while you as a customer would prefer something localized and dealt with, you know, the business happening in front of you, the people who are making money are going to make those decisions of, well, if we join this other bank, then we're a larger unit, which means everyone gets paid more. So yeah. it's it's greed that is really running things.
1: Yeah, I think or idealism. It just feels like I've always believed, and I still believe this, that good ethics make good business because of sustainability. But you know what? Maybe Deutsche Bank's story will prove me wrong in this aspect.
0: Well, you're... You're absolutely right, but how long is that business going to last when you have a big money contender coming in? Yes,
1: good, good. So
0: the bank has been, speaking of good ethics and uh, business, the bank has been working with Trump since the 1990s. Okay. So Trump was in so much debt before he met Deutsche Bank that no one wanted to lend him any. However, about this time in the 90s, Other banks were coming up and becoming like these huge entities. And Deutsche Bank wanted a piece of that. And so part of that was if they got Trump, Trump's a guy with friends with money.
1: So if you pull in
0: Trump, you're going to pull in his friends. So in the last two decades, it's believed that Trump has been lent
1: over $2 billion. Yeah, that just doesn't seem like great business practices. I mean, especially them. Wouldn't they know what his finances look like? What? I mean, I do get definitely the idea that he would bring in his actually rich friends. But him being in so much debt, I don't know what benefit you get for loaning him $2 million. $2 billion? How much was $2 it? Billion $2 billion with a B, baby. With a B? That's insanity. Holy crap. Um,
0: I mean, it's the, the cost of doing business. You're going to lose $2 billion, but how much more money can you... Bring in, and you think about each individual transaction and the fees. Sure, yeah. Like, oh gosh.
1: But I want to, you is, know, what? I I want to add to our Instagram when we release this uh, episode the the pictures of what a billion dollar is compared to like you know in rice or whatever. It's just insane. People look at that and and tell me anyone deserves a billion dollars. They don't. Oh yeah, low billion dollars.
0: There's no way you can honestly make any billions of dollars and have employees that are making money.
1: Okay. So maybe, I don't know if you're going to know this, but it sounds like instead of Russia owning Trump, it's Deutsche Bank that owns Trump. Am I wrong? So
0: that's really murky, right? Because we don't have the records. Okay. Um, Like a lot of that information Is really hard to obtain because of the government's involvement. Trying to get Trump's bank records has been the theme of his presidency. Yes, I have.
1: I do remember hearing about that part.
0: Like, since he's been running, no one, we just recently saw what is possibly what his taxes look like. Like, that wasn't even an official, this is it. You know what I'm saying? So, These people have done a lot to keep everyone in the dark. And that also includes covert espionage. In the early 2000s, they had a covert espionage operation on its critics, including activists, media execs who were in a litigation with them, law firms who represent clients in a litigation with them. These people are spending money to also protect... All these bank records to protect their own, so they're not messing around.
1: Where is Germany's government during this like shouldn't they be shouldn't this be raising alarm bells a little bit or not?
0: I think it should, but like it's it's the idea of they're playing in this capitalist game, and this is part of that whole gap of what money can get you.
1: Yes, you're right. I, I I do understand what you're saying. It, they are well, in a in a sense, it's like yeah, they're they're beyond laws at this point,
0: and and that's a huge problem in terms of like just how we've set up our own governments. When these laws and and such get passed, they're branded in a sense like you'll like them because. You're a business owner, Molly. You own your own business. You have your own accounting firm. See how these laws will benefit
1: yeah. you
0: as a independent business owner. And then the corporations and the large banks take those same laws, right? And
1: right.
0: they they fuck the shit out of them, essentially.
1: Yes, yes, uh, that definitely makes sense and is very shady. Very shady indeed. So
0: the the time that another time when people would have really heard about Deutsche Bank. And they heard more about AIG, and that was between 2004 and 2008. Do you remember? The I The housing As, crisis? Yes, yes.
1: I do. I think we did read about that, but I did not realize it was connected. So.
0: Right. So part of the problem with the housing crisis, and hopefully all our listeners are old enough <laughs> to remember the yes. housing crisis, Deutsche Bank had been one of the largest purveyors of junk bonds. Ugh. So they were selling about... billion worth of collateral debt, also known as CDOs, which stands for collateralized debt obligation. And I had to look up what that was because I was like, what is this jargon? And it basically means um, CDOs are financial tools banks use to repackage individual loans into a product sold to investors on a secondary market. So these packages are auto loans, Credit card debt, mortgages, corporate debt. Uh, so does that kind of make sense?
1: Yes, I believe so. But wait, hold on before yeah. we move forward. Were they the they were the owners originally, or are they just like playing the market? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I would say they're they're playing the market. So okay. like, okay. it's kind of like they're packaging ways for people. For instance, if you have bad credit, how to get a car loan. And yeah, so yeah. they're they're making it sound like we have so much money, we don't have to worry about people paying us back right away, so we'll give them the car, we'll give them the mortgage. Um, and by packaging this, the bank is essentially profiting off your debt. And in the case of Deutsche Bank at this time, on top of that profit, which they're already getting, its traders within the bank were also betting against the market. Oh. So that ah. was also a secondary way that they're profiting off this, right?
1: It's so gross. And
0: the bank knew it was hawking an unstable product, <sighs> um, both, I mean, through betting against the market, but they also know, like, this is very much fraud. Like, Greg mm. Lipman, who is Deutsche Bank's former head of asset back securities training, even referred to some of the bonds as craps, or as crap <laughs> and pigs
1: in oh emails to God. colleagues. Oh, my God. Wow. While telling
0: people like AIG that this is like a solid package, like this is grade A banking that we're doing with you.
1: Wait, so do we know? Did he get in trouble at all?
0: Um, did. I didn't write it down. They did pay, I believe. So- they profited about $32 billion from uh-huh.
1: this. And then they like paid one tiny percentage of that or something like that. Yeah, it
0: was like maybe a billion dollars. And they get like a citation. Good God. And originally they were being sought out, I think, for like $14 billion. So oh. they like found a way to just like, with the lawyers and the money, to settle on such a much
1: smaller fee. Wow, that's kind of surprising. I mean, they would have even made a profit with the fourteen billions. So
0: well, and that's, and that's money when you're paying those sort of fines. So a lot of their money, it's not like they have like liquid assets like a would, right? Like they don't have properties per se. Right, right. So like when they're being fined, they really do have to sort of like
1: scrape around and look for money. That does... I mean, I suppose... And if it, you have, like,
0: corrupted bank re- records to, like, find money from the yeah. corruption bank, it's like you're scraping a barrel. So it's
1: Money is a weird, weird thing. It, like, on one hand, it, like, doesn't exist. But on the other hand, it sort of does. I mean, that's
0: exactly it. Like, money is a... Hu- like, anything else, money is just a human concept. Yeah. Like, money... And the worth of money, like in ancient times, shells were representative of money and then shells eventually became coin and then coins eventually became banknotes and banknotes eventually became checks. So like the concept of money is very intangible in a lot of ways because we're also assigning value without having something necessarily in return, right? Sure. Like it's it's a made up figure which is why like if you're following any of the Bitcoin stuff, that's an incredible concept because not only do we have made up numbers now and an assigned value to these numbers of what they represent, but now they're encrypted. So that's, it's interesting in one sense because as a human who's afraid of potential things that could go wrong with your money, they are finding a way to make you feel more protected. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But the, Downside of that is you're also protecting sex traffickers. Yeah, you're protecting the yeah. black market. Like it's a very bizarre two-way street that the average person has little
1: to no control over. Right. Yes. I I am still very skeptical of Bitcoin, but That's it's
0: blowing up right now, baby.
1: I Guess but I don't know. I I'm just not a new adopter or even an old adopter on these new technologies for money.
0: I um I think it's fascinating. I think after people have really been hurt by by some of these banking practices, I could see how you would feel more secure by mm-hmm. having like encrypted money,
1: or you just go put your money in a credit union or a local small bank. Like, don't be dumb. But <laughs> sorry, I'm judging you harshly.
0: Well, I th- I think you're exactly right. Like, your your investments, it's worth thinking about, like, where are you for money?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And something like a credit union, it's... So the idea, and please correct me because I've been a long time since I've talked... But credit union is um, ran by the people who are using the credit union. Yep, exactly. Everyone has a vote. So you have say, but when you're banking with MasterCard or Capital One or... Deutsche Bank you do not have you don't create the terms unless you're right Donald Trump yes
1: yeah. and then like it, it does it because doesn't it seem like since it, what we were talking about with the the concept of money like is your money really safe in something like that because they're putting their money into these fake bonds pretty you know like I don't know that you really should feel all that safe with gigantic banks either
0: well and then that's when the scam of insurance comes in right like we'll protect your bonds like that's a big thing you see a lot in so-called banking specials is like you know open up a checking account with us and we can guarantee to protect x amount of money or you know what i mean like i don't Like, I've never obviously had that much money. So I don't think about it a lot. You know, it's like, of course, you're going to offer me free checking and free saving. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you? And that's really more for people and the type of banking where you would have so much money that it's harder to protect. And then that's when they sell you on insurance packages or a specific type of bond to
1: protect your Sure. So does Deutsche Bank have regular customers like you and me or is it really not it is just rich people that's a good question
0: I think for the most part we could say it's just rich people I'm sure like most banks like say American banks like AIG and Merrill and I mean there's a bunch of them right there is some like localized version of like we'll take on the every guy and I'm sure there's a lot of that in Germany especially if they overtook their regional banks,
1: yeah, they would have to be. Yeah,
0: but they're they're more concerned about the Jeff Bezos, the Epps, the Trumps, people who want to do banking who are very risky. Yeah, more for them to play right. with. Ooh, yeah, for sure. They're looking for sociopaths with money, which is most people with money. And so that seems crazy, right? So that's like 2008. They get busted. They pay their fine. They get a some sort of citation. But in 2012, the bank was involved in one of the largest yet like least sort of talked about or even known, I think, by most average people, bank crimes. And it's called, uh, it's usually referred to Lieber, which is the London Interbank Offer. So a lot of this, I'm probably just going to be like reading the entire time, but um, this is where it gets kind of densey and I'm like, what am I talking about? Because I'm not exactly sure. Sure. The LIBOR was an interest rate that was being used in trillions of dollars of financial contracts around the world. Yeah. This affects the cost of corporate loans, student loans, mortgages, all that sort of, right? Right. So kind of like even before. Now, it does this by trying to find an average rate at which banks can borrow from each other for a short term. Right. So each day... The leading banks submit their borrowing to the bank, the British Bankers, the BBA, and the BBA throws out the highest and the lowest rates, and then finds an average. So the rates that were calculated for various currencies and maturity, the U.S. dollar LIBOR. So that rate for the U.S. dollar was considered one of the most important. Now, unfortunately, they're banks, so. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Some of I them I can see where this is going.
0: worked together to actually make up their numbers. No. So they were providing inflated or deflated interest rates to the BBA for years. So when a bank changed their numbers, they could profit on trades of financial instruments right. They were being based
1: on the inflated or
0: deflated numbers.
1: That is definitely fraud. That is like wow that you can't even justify that you cannot justify that and that fraud then affects corporations right everyone and
0: individual right so if you're i mean you think about that and it's like can you imagine
1: bought a house around that time Yeah, yeah your numbers are all messed up you're going off of bad data it actually we do use this number in accounting as well it because sometimes you have to you calculate uh what the interest rate might be on like your personal loan and use that number, so it is like even well some small business would also think that as well <laughs> and, Wait, uh, so they got caught though they got caught, oh yeah,
0: they got caught they were fined one point seven four billion no one went to jail,
1: why not? I don't understand why we want to send like everyone to jail except for people in professional white collar criminals. Nope, no jail time. For it's you. almost
0: like the white collar criminals are somehow controlling huh. governmentals.
1: Interesting. Uh,
0: what a concept. What a concept. In and even in all these parts of doing like a pretty broad generalization, we could probably break any of these down into like a full episode because there's just like so much information about it of course some of it's like to what degree do we have access to know how deep and problematic this is but it's just like such a complicated issue
1: and it affects so much did you come across the names of these other banks or
0: oh that were involved
1: yeah yeah um yes
0: but i did not write them down because we're doing Deutsche.
1: Yeah. But well, I'm
0: sure it's. One of yeah. them does come up maybe in the mysterious deaths. Maybe, Ooh, maybe, maybe not. 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 I don't know. We'll get there.
1: Yeah. Because I would have to think, you know, like thinking about this now, it's like, is it really that unique to Deutsche Bank or is this just prevalent? Yeah. It's
0: not that unique to Deutsche Bank, but Deutsche Bank is one of the largest banks.
1: So, so it. Yes. Okay. I see what you're going with that. So
0: there's definitely other banks involved in all of these scandals. But because the Deutsche Bank is such a large global bank, when they make a move, it affects almost every bank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you can see in the Lieber thing, I mean, they were working with other banks to fudge their numbers. But since they're such a big bank doing it, I think even if those other banks, say, weren't doing that, Which, I mean, come on, they definitely were. But if they weren't, it would still, them creating their own percentages on numbers, right, or rates, that's going to have an impact on a global market, which is basically what we have now. Right. Um, Moving forward to some more scandal, in 2015, it came to light that the bank laundered $10 10 billion dollars so that's like an American configuration and i say that because dirty money that they took and made into russian rubles
1: oh my goodness for
0: and that like kind of came to light during like another investigation that the united states was doing it was like oh and you happen to do this
1: <laughs> well, that's fun that's a good time.
0: and uh for that they only paid 6 million dollars which billion in fines and $6 million in fines to us, that is a lot of money. Yeah, like, for this bank, nothing. It's a sneeze. Um, But they paid only $6 million for the citation and ended their banking in Russia, supposedly. And I say that because there's clear ties between Trump and Putin and the bank. But it's like, because it's so hard... For all kinds of reasons, we don't know exactly what the connection is. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And a lot, of, a lot of reasons why that's so so hard is because of all the corruption. And we're dealing with multiple governments and different regulations between those governments. So, like, trying to obtain—and then what's actually released to the public. Those are all—all all this is just, like, the perfect mess— for these people to not have any reason to mm. clean up their banking practices.
1: Yes. And also, yeah, I would have to imagine that it is very difficult when it comes to, like, international law, pretty much, because otherwise you're relying on all these individual governments to do research into this foreign bank or something. It seems very
0: difficult. Well, and if there's corruption within your own government... Oof, yeah. What's the motivation to reveal all the corruption within the bank? Like, there's definitely a clear tie. I don't think between anyone now is if you don't think that there's a connection in politics and these banking scandals, you're absolutely insane. Uh, there's no other way for it. So, you know, there's some motivations of like, what can be revealed? What what can we punish them for? What can we really go after that won't harm the government's self-interest. According to like a former anti-money laundering specialist at Deutsche Bank who's turned whistleblower uh, named Tammy McFadden, she says, you can present them with everything and you can give them a recommendation and nothing happens. Uh, It's the DB way. They're prone to discounting it.
1: That's really uh, sad. And it kind of reminds me, like, I feel like we need... You know, like former, well, I guess it probably doesn't quite work this way, but it would be ideal if it did. Like former hackers then like go on to work for security firms for computers. Like these whistleblowers should like go on to work for like the uh, like the regulating bodies. And I mean, I know that, that the problem we've already talked about is that the governments have too much self-interest in it. But if we could just get outside, what do you call them? Uh Third party reviewers, something like that. Yeah, I think um I'm I'm sure there's a whole racket
0: of I used I mean, there definitely is a racket of I used to work for such and such, I know the ins and outs. Yeah, no. <laughs> the difference is how to use that information. And I think I would say it sounds pessimistic, but when you think that we've probably have survived since our conception largely with this mentality. There's just too much self-interest for them to go like full-blown, we're going to regulate or do something about it.
1: Yeah, that is a shame.
0: The more up-to-date stuff or the closer we're getting here to kind of wrap it in, um, the bank also on the wrong side of history on this one, I think, I hope most people would agree, is that they co-financed the Dakota Access Pipeline, Uh... which is also known as the Bakken Pipeline which I've never heard it called that to my knowledge. I,
1: I hadn't either, but it does make sense if the Deutsche Bank funded it. Yeah, that's an interesting
0: connection. Or I I was wondering that too. I was like, it looks. But yeah, I think it totally has, does. I think it has something to do with the actual location of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if you don't know, the Dakota Access Pipeline – is a 1,172-mile-long 1, underground oil pipeline in the United States. And it begins in the shale fields of the Bakken, oh, the, in the there Bakken formation in North Dakota. So that's why there it's also called
1: go. Bakken.
0: And it goes through South Dakota and Iowa, all the way through Illinois. It was a $3.78 billion project. Uh, it was announced in June of 2014. There were hearings about it, landowners came out and they had all these kind of meetings and discussions about it between two thousand fourteen and two thousand fifteen. Of course, this is all controlled by the oil companies and the energy companies, which compared that to the landowners, you know, it's like Goliath and Yes, yes. Literal peapods.
1: Yikes. Uh do we so and then there was There's already been, well, it was stopped, and then there was, like, actual, like, structural problems, and there's just been a lot with that, right? Yeah. Like,
0: you know, we, if you remember six years ago, there were constant protests going on. Right. um, Because uh, it's harmful to the environment, and it also went through a lot of indigenous nations, like, literal land that's supposed to be for indigenous people like native americans it went through the or it's next to the standing rock indian reservation right. which affects nearly 15,000 people
1: it is really i mean crazy is not the word for it but that the american government is just so quick to not learn the lesson and be like oh yes we're taking this back again because we're huge assholes
0: also, I misquoted that. The fifteen thousand people is not the number of people it affects it affects way more than that. But um, I figure fifteen thousand people came
1: out to protest. Yes, yes,
0: doing sit ins It
1: was a big deal. I remember um, people from all over the country flew in, and yes, yeah, celebrities
0: were going uh-huh, out there. Uh huh. So right now, where we're at with the Deutsche Bank is that we are getting more stuff revealed. But it's like very slow because a lot of it's just tied up in court. We have Trump's terrible banking. Yeah. And then Deutsche Bank was also very much involved with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And Ghislaine Maxwell. And right now we're just kind of sitting and waiting to see what kind of detriment
1: was actually involved. Right. But we, I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah, we might not. It—it It is... Very interesting that we were talking about sex trafficking, trafficking with the Bitcoin, but it also Deutsche Bank, you know.
0: Yeah, who needs Bitcoin yeah. when you have Deutsche Bank? But that's kind of the next wave. Like if we're so, if Deutsche Bank now is going to court and actually having to own up to like being part of these corrupt systems. That's only giving Bitcoin more power. You're
1: right. And and that's the problem. You're constantly chasing. You're obviously going to be a step behind unethical criminal element. <sighs> you know, you just have to live with it and keep working and stay positive. Stay positive, people. It's 2021. Well, and I, I think,
0: and I don't know if it's because it's a new year or what. I definitely, I think sometimes you and I talk. And we bum each other out, not on purpose, (laughs) (laughs) but just because we're talking about current events and like what's going on. And it's really hard sometimes to see the light of it. And this sort of start of the new year, I've been really trying hard to remind myself like corruption is not new. Um, These types of governments are not new. Yes, yes. Um, They're saying we're headed towards a new feudalism related to technology and how we use technology-based apps. And you think the power we have now is that we know how bad, even though some of those governments haven't existed for centuries, we know in our history and in our DNA that those things are bad. And while there's a lot of money protecting these bad things, I like to believe that there's a lot of people who will do what's right yes. and people who will stand up for it. And like we've talked about before, it's important to vote. It's important to make it clear that you don't stand for yes. this sort of mistreatment of people and goods and services. And I like to think that People who are listening to our podcast specifically are also in agreement with that, not necessarily the over optimistic view, but in agreement that, you know, we've come a long way and what we can do as individuals is do our best. Yes. And that's
1: have to suffice. I think that people would agree with that statement. Thank you, listeners. You're wonderful people. You're really the best people. Uh, I don't think we tell you enough. We don't. And uh, we will be hopefully doing some more uh, appreciation of the listener, so stay tuned for that. Heck yeah. Uh, Molly, where can people find you? You can find me at MollyMM9 on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. I have made one Instagram post so far. Hopefully I will be including some more in the future. If you happen to care about accounting, that is mostly what's going to be posted there. But uh, maybe I'll throw in a picture of a all the baking that I've been doing recently. Ooh, what what's the best thing you've been baking? I mean I'm pretty happy with the pecan pie that I made. I was um I did I had never made one before so I wasn't sure how hard it was not that hard. That's amazing. Yeah. I love pecan pie. And where can they find you
0: can find me at Bridget underscore suck it on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our Sex with Ghosts on both those platforms at sex with ghosts underscore and if you ever want to submit anything to us or have a question, concern, or we offended you, or you enjoyed something, always
1: feel free to shoot us an email, sexwithghostpodcast at com. Yes. Um, I do believe, I didn't say this because I'm not sure, and I could be, be the one butchering it, but I think it's Liber, but I could be wrong. So, Maybe someone will oh. correct me. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know that for a fact, though. I think that's the term, that's what I've used, but I don't, you know.
0: Molly just waits till the very
1: end. I, stick it to me. No, My I, first just, switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our listeners are, are very kind. So, uh, and we will be doing
0: a, a part two on the, yes, I will be doing the research again. And in our part two, we will be talking about the mysterious deaths of deutsche
1: bank now that will be interesting this part was really interesting to me because i did not know about that and i feel like it sets up the more mysterious parts better because now we know that they're pretty shady in general and so when you hear oh maybe there's deaths related then you're like well maybe actually that does make sense so we'll see what happens Great.
0: Cool. I hope you guys will join us for that. And you can always join our Patreon for more content, patreon.com slash sex with ghosts, or feel free to rate review us on Apple. We'll take a five-star review. Even if you hate the podcast, it helps us get noticed, but thank you guys. We love you.
1: Bye. Bye.